Malachi, uh, last book in our Old Testament, um, and it's written to the people of Israel. It talks about uh, the blessings of God, uh, but also as you read through the whole Old Testament, you hear about rebellion, and there's judgment and refining that goes on as well. So Malachi being the last book in the Old Testament, somewhere around 400 years uh, before we hear anything else as the New Testament begins. And his purpose was to confront the, the wrongdoings that were around, the sinfulness, but also to restore them to God, which, which uh, Tom and Charlotte have been talking about, bring them back to God. It's all about Relationship, And that's still relevant today, isn't it? That the church is, uh, uh, should be seen as prophetic and speaking into society and uh, truth into confusion, which is, there's much around. So what do we say as we look at Malachi? I'm particularly going to look at the beginning of um, chapter 3, but as we, as we go into it in chapter 1, verse 2, what do we say? The first thing we can say to people is God's love. Verse 2 says, I have loved you, says the Lord. I have loved you, says the Lord. He's telling us, I've loved you. I've loved you. It's his very essence. And th- their response was, well, how's you, how have you loved us? And you, you, you don't have to look far to see the hand of God at work, whether it's creation, uh, life itself, which all scientists recognise can't just start up out of nothing. Love, the very essence of human beings. We're made in the image of God. Love, the things that we have. We might think other people have got more. That's irrelevant. We've got things. All of these things, our health, our wealth, our church, our family, all of it from God. He has loved you, says the Lord. How have you loved us? The way we can see that is to look for the blessing, being thankful. The Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances. Have that spirit of gratitude around us uh, at all times because God loves you. And as we saw right at the end of the song that was sung, uh, that culminates in Jesus. So what do we say? We talk about God's love. The second thing we say, we want to honour God. In verse 6 of chapter 1 of Malachi, it says, A son honours his father and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the honour due to me? If I am a master, where is the respect due to me? Says the Lord. Elsewhere we're told God is a jealous God. He seeks to be honoured. He should be honoured. The honour is due to him. And how do we do that? What do we say to the world as Christians? We say we honour God with our lives. We put him first. Sometimes that's difficult, but it will always result in blessing and ultimately freedom. Freedom. We honour God. It's in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? We honour God. Hallowed be your name. Honouring God. The scary part for me about this is this part that was written was for the priests. The priests at the time were bringing shameful offerings and worship. And when I look around and I see the confusion, we do need ministers of the gospel who will speak the word and speak the truth in sometimes a confusing world. So what do we say? We say God's love. God is love and he loves you. What do we say? We say that because of that we honour God because of who he is and the evidence for him. And what do we say, finally, which Tom and Charlotte alluded to, things have to change. Things have to change. Now I'm going to just read first three verses from Malachi chapter 3. He says this, and remember, this is the last book before we come into the New Testament. He says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Most people think that means John the Baptist. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple the messenger of the covenant whom you desire 
will come, says the Lord Almighty. That's speaking about Jesus. But then there's a warning. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. There's this image of Jesus coming and part of his purpose is to refine us and sometimes that refining hurts just by definition. A refiner's fire. This is uh, uh, my friend, not George, uh, but Mr. Google. I looked up the definition for, before we look at, uh, before we look at uh, my little illustration. And it actually brings in the, the biblical story. It says, a refiner's fire melts down a metal, such as gold or silver. And it's for purification purposes. Once the metal is, is in its melted down state, the dross in the metal rises to the top and is then removed from the metal before it cools. God spoke this analogy through the prophet Malachi to describe how he purifies our hearts. And you may have heard this next story before, but I love it, and so you're going to hear it again. As she watched the silversmith, he held, up, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest, as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse that says, he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver in Malachi chapter 3 verse 3. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered that yes, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. And then she asked the silversmith, How do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, Oh, that's easy. It's when I see my image in it. See, in those testing and refining times, the Father never lets us go. He's watching all the time. He knows we have our trials and tribulations. He knows we have our blessings. But when when maybe some tough times come, maybe we've got to look at them and say, what is God teaching me? How is he refining me? I went to a wedding yesterday, and uh, the preacher spoke about God's love, which was great. And he was looking at 1 John 4, where, where it says, God is love, and love comes from God. When we recognise that God is love and love comes from God, when we recognise that he is the creator, creator of me and you, life itself, every breath I take is a gift from God, then we see the blessing. We've got the blessing. I I can no longer say, "What what are you doing for me? Like a petulant child. And that means, if I really understand that, I can honour God and echo Jesus when he teaches us in his prayer, hallowed be your name, to honour God's name. And how do I honour God's name? How do you honour God's name? Like the bacon and the silver. Interestingly, they both have to get hot. Don't eat silver, though. You have to change. We have to take responsibility. Uh, God has given us free will. God will change us from the inside. But we do have to cooperate. We do have to be willing to change. And then 
we go on to change the world. We have to be willing to seek God's love in the first place. We have to be willing to honour him with our whole lives. And we have to be willing, like the silver being refined, to become more like him so that people see him in our reflection. Paul speaks about this in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. He said, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so I need to ask myself the question every day, and so do you. Where am I taking responsibility? How am I ref- what's my reflection really look like? Is it reflecting the Lord's glory? I need to build my life on Jesus because his is the name to be honoured. His is the name above all names. He is worthy. And so I choose and you choose that we'll live for him. Amen.